Hey everybody, welcome to An American F1 on this nice February day, or at least I hope it's nice where you are, because where I am it's 38 degrees and raining. We also just got through a blizzard, so, you know, we're having a grand old time here, but can't be negative because it's February, and that means that our first F1 test, or I don't know what you'd want to call it, but our first F1 test or showing or shakedown, I don't know what they're calling it these days, private test, is only about 15 days away, so we are getting there, folks. It's it's getting there. We've had some livery reveals, right? We had the Haas VF22 revealed the other day, or not exactly revealed. I guess you could say we had a model that viewed in a mock-up. It was a 3D model, so there's going to be more to it than we'll see. It's not the actual car. It was just a rendering, so... In terms of technicalities, you know, regulations, things like that, we're not going to get a better view of that till testing comes around. But yeah, I'm I'm feeling pumped for the season. I mean, this past weekend we had the race of champions. Oh my god, it was actually really good. Uh, one of the finals ended up becoming between Sebastian Loeb and Sebastian Vettel. It was a battle of Sebs, and Loeb came out on top. But man, it's just great seeing happy Sebastian Vettel, right? Don't we all love a happy Seb? Not an upset Seb. Not a Seb that's, you know, struggling through the season. I think happy Seb is the Seb we all like. And, man, Seb was giving content for days. And it was just so heartwarming to see, especially with Seb and Mick together in the Race of Champions. I mean, it was just good to see. It was bringing back so many nostalgic memories. If, you're, if you've been a fan of F1 for a long time, you know the story between Mick and Seb. It's also well documented this year, you know, between the Schumacher family and Sebastian Vettel. So uh, I think it was very heartwarming. It was great to see uh, the race of champions and just to see, you know, a happy Sebastian. And credit to Sebastian Loeb. I mean, that guy is a flat-out beast. Uh, one of the best drivers probably around. And, you know, it's a shame because I don't think he gets – I mean, we all know he's great, but I don't think he gets the recognition he deserves all the time. I mean, he's 47 this guy, and he's still killing in rally cars, so, um, you know, got to give him credit, he's, uh, he's a great guy, he's always exciting to watch, so I, I don't think the ROC could have ended in a better way, it was, uh, it was pretty good, so, um, you know, props to that, you know, they always manage to do the race of champions well, and, uh, this one was really cool being in Sweden, you know, kind of had that rally element to it as well, and, you know, it was just fun to watch, so, Props to them. But anyway, moving on, uh, F1 news, some other big news around the F1 world, I guess. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know now that Lewis Hamilton is back, folks. Lewis Hamilton is back. And was anybody really surprised? I mean, I know, like, Twitter blew up thinking that, like, you know, he was never going to come back. And, you know, Lewis, honestly... Great tweet by Lewis. The way he just throws it out there. He said, I've been gone for a while, and now I'm back. And then, like, you just feel the energy from that tweet. And you knew, I mean, he was going to destroy the internet once that came out. We knew that. But good to see Lewis back. It's good for the sport. Definitely need him back in action. I'm sure we'll get some Lewis and George Russell content quite soon. We're all excited for that. We have some livery reveals coming up this week. I mean, it's going to be packed. We have... Red Bull on the 9th, we have Aston Martin on the 10th, 
and we have McLaren on the 11th. So how could you not be excited for three days in a row, new liveries? I don't think any of them, I guess Aston Martin might be a little cool. And we know they're dropping pink since BWT will not be a sponsor anymore. But I mean, I think Red Bull is going to look like every Red Bull ever. And (laughs) McLaren's probably going to be papaya and blue. So we kind of know what to expect. But, you know, I think it's just more of the excitement of seeing the new 2022 cars and really getting the feel for it. But, yeah, I mean, the Formula 1 season's here, folks. That's, That's basically what I'm getting at, that the Formula 1 season's here. We're going to have enough content to get us through to the opening day. We have testing coming up, liveries coming up. I mean, how could you not start feeling the excitement? It's like Christmas Eve. Like, you know what's about to happen. You know the greatness is right there. And you're just waiting. You're anticipating. And you could feel like, you know, you get that little, like, you want to stay up till midnight and see everything. That's how I feel. Like, I'm just excited to see all these liveries and see what happens. And, you know, just excited for any bit of news that comes our way. But, like I've been doing, I've been reviewing the teams this year, the Formula One teams, and we're getting up to Red Bull. So the past couple, the last eight reviews I've done, I've kind of gone through like race by race. And I said, yeah, this is how this team did. Uh, This is where, you know, they could have done better. This is what I thought of their season, blah, 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 blah. And I was going in Constructors Championship order, which made sense. This one, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to cover Red Bull. Uh, Red Bull season for 2021 was unique. I mean, okay, so Red Bull going into 2021, I think there was a lot of anticipation for that team. You know, they had just dropped Alexander Albon. They just got Checo Perez. So we're going to have Checo Perez and Max Verstappen teaming up together. And I think people were genuinely excited to see what those two could do together and how that would work. I think, I genuinely do think Red Bull, I know people were expecting Mercedes dominance, and I'll get to that in a second. But I genuinely do think that Red Bull was at least expecting to be better this year. And I think we were going to, I think people were expecting to see a much better Red Bull team. And, and we did. And to Max Verstappen's credit, man, like, <laughs> Max Verstappen didn't have a bad season at all. Honestly, like, obviously he's the world champion. I mean, to say he had a bad season would be dumb. But, like, the amazing consistency of Max. Listen, people are going to have their opinions on Max Verstappen, on his driving style. I'm, in particular, I'm not a diehard Red Bull fan. Uh, I just wanted to see a good championship battle. I'll get I'll get to my thoughts on Lewis in a second, too. Or I don't know if I... Maybe I'll save that for uh, next week. But I do have good thoughts on Lewis. Uh, I don't think it's one that's going to be too controversial. Uh, because it's not. It's I, I'm going to compliment Lewis a lot, I'll tell you that. But... No, I, I like both drivers, to be honest. I like Max. I like Lewis. I think their rivalry brings something good to the sport. I think it's something the sport needed. The sport needed something like this, especially where Formula One is at. I would say it's at a crossroads, and it's kind of driving me nuts that it's at this crossroads because being a more traditional F1 fan, I, I, I like the diversity in races I like the less races I like that we had you know a 21 race season we've had less races in the past I I wasn't a big fan of the 22 race season Um, I'm not a big fan of it going to 23 in the future it looks like that's going to happen I'm not a fan like all right I know F1's getting amazingly popular in the United States and I shouldn't hate that 
I should support it. I, I just don't like that there's going to be possibly now three races in the United States. I, I get why they're doing it, but there are so many better tracks that we could go to. And I think regions that Formula One is missing out on. And I wish they kind of went to that because I think it would be good for the sport in some other ways too. I think I think F1 is at a crossroads where it's getting immensely popular, especially in the United States. And I understand that it's got to play to that U.S. market, uh, especially because it's still not immensely. It, it's getting popular, but it's not anywhere near like I would even say NASCAR is in the United States. So it's still it still is lagging behind. And you know, maybe races in Miami and Vegas potentially will do that. But I'm getting really on a side tangent here. And I shouldn't, but I am. But no, what I was originally getting at is that Max and Lewis having this rivalry this year was perfect for the sport at the right time. You know, where the sport is getting more followers, where it's gaining more traction because of Drive to Survive. I mean, it has an immense presence on social media. The F1 media crew does a great job too. Well, sometimes... But when they don't forget things about Sebastian Vettel, but that's a whole other story for another time. Uh, but the F1 social media crew does a good job at promoting their sport and feeding great content to their sport. I, I could tell you, compared to like NASCAR, compared to IndyCar, I think even compared to other major sports, Formula One has a great marketing department, great social media department, um, with obviously their own mistakes at some points. But anyway... Uh, yeah, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, the rivalry was needed at the right point. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think we kind of went into this season thinking Mercedes was going to dominate. And when we saw that first race where Max and Lewis were just battling it out, elbows out, we knew that this season was going to be special. So Max Verstappen was amazingly consistent. I mean, this guy, if he didn't win a race, he finished second. And the only other times he didn't do that was... In Hungary, where, you know, he was kind of a passenger to an accident out of his control. Uh, of course, we had um, the other incident that happened at Silverstone. And then we also had uh, Azerbaijan, where he was also, you know, kind of a <laughs> um, sitting duck. He really couldn't do much for that. So... And, of course, we had the incident where him and Lewis ended up on each other. So, um, you know, those, with the exception of those races, I mean, he was amazingly consistent. Uh, at times, do I think Max was a little aggressive? Yeah. I mean, think about Brazil, right? Like, Brazil, we even saw it a little at Abu Dhabi. We saw it immensely at uh, Saudi Arabia. I mean, that was that was intense. That was some aggressive driving. I don't really, the brake check thing, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, he uh, he definitely slowed down. There was something going on, but yeah, that end of the season definitely got crazy. Um, do I think it's, do I think it's a bad thing? Well, one, I don't want to see anybody drive dangerously. So in that regard, yes. Um, I think some elbows out racing in Formula One is needed a little bit. I mean, listen. We've seen it in the Senate Pro days. We've seen it with Michael Schumacher. There have been drivers that are willing to take their elbows out and, you know, fight for a little bit of ground. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We've seen it, you know, between drivers from time to time. Uh, I wouldn't say it's anything 
wrong about it, it's, you know, you got to be careful when that line becomes from elbows out to, you know, risking drivers' lives. Yes, that is that is true. But, I mean, I think racing does need a little elbows out. But in that regard, yeah, Max Verstappen, as the lead driver of Red Bull, did what he had to do. And Checo Perez, you know, the, the one thing that was disappointing about Checo, and listen, Checo, I think, had a great season. I mean, Checo came in clutch many different times. Uh, you know, he definitely did his job when he had to a whole variety of times. The only unfortunate thing about Checo is he just, man, like, qualifying for Checo always seems to be, like, a headache. Like, it always seems to be, like, we don't know. It's a wild card sometimes. You don't know where he's going to end up. His race pace is amazing. Quality pace, not so good. And that, I think, drives, has got to drive Christian Horner and some people nuts at Red Bull. But you can't deny that Checo, total team player, did his job well at Red Bull, and I think, you know, he deserved, he proved that he deserved that seat. One of the best drivers to back up Max Verstappen, probably since Daniel Ricciardo. I mean, you could say what you want now about Pierre. Pierre was not good when he was with Verstappen. He wasn't. And I know, you know, people have their opinions on that matter, that, you know, the team is catered towards Max, that, you know, um, the car suited for him, which makes sense, but that that's in other teams too. Uh, and you don't see the disparity as much. Listen, Pierre still had to prove himself, and he didn't. So, and, and neither did Alexander, Alexander, Alexander Albon either. Like, they were good drivers, but I don't think they proved themselves as well as Checo did this year. So, you can say what you want about those drivers. I know they have a big fan base, and people are probably, if they hear this, they're going to, like, shit on me for it. But uh, I think it's true that, you know, at some degree, you do have to prove your worth in that ride. And, you know, I think. Checo did this year, and it'll be interesting to see what he does next year. Uh, because, you know, I think could I could Pierre find his way up there? Maybe. I mean, I really don't know. Because is there going to be a room? I think he'd be better off going somewhere else. But uh, yeah, Checo did prove his worth. The Red Bull car itself, man, was incredibly strong that first half of the year. I mean, it looked unstoppable. It looked like Max was going to run away, and he probably would have if. Certain things didn't happen. Maybe if he, you know, pulled out of the throttle a little bit at Silverstone. I know, again, people are going to have their own opinions on that. But maybe, you know, if at times he wasn't as aggressive as he was, maybe he would have ran away with the championship or at least had a more comfortable lead and we wouldn't have gotten into the situation we got into at Abu Dhabi. Um, But then Red Bull just, I mean, it's not really Red Bull's fault. I think to Mercedes' credit, Red Bull was just like a sitting duck the last races. You were looking at the schedule. And honestly, I think myself, and I'm pretty sure most people thought, after USA and after Mexico, I think people had this feeling like, oh, Red Bull's got this. Like, this is Red Bull season. And in reality, the championship battle was just heating up. Like, the vibes after Mexico, you would have thought that Red Bull was going to be unstoppable, that there was no doubt Red Bull was going to lose this championship. And the reality is, Mercedes turned it up. And the signs were there at, you know, Turkey, at Russia, where the cars for Mercedes definitely look stronger in Red Bull. And, you know, USA was kind of more, and Mexico, the track suited Red Bull more. And then you're looking at the schedule. You saw Sao Paulo, you saw Qatar, you saw Saudi Arabia, you saw Abu Dhabi. You're looking at these tracks, and you're like, if, if the Mercedes engine is what it is, Red Bull screwed. 
Like, there was no... Like, I was telling people four weeks before the final race. at After, I think, the sprint race in Sao Paulo, I was telling people, I said, listen, there's no way Mercedes is losing this. They're just too strong. The tracks don't suit Red Bull. Red Bull's going to have to pull some miracle. Really, like Christian Horner said, like, the racing gods are going to have to give him a miracle, which they technically did. But, yeah, Red Bull... It wasn't so much Red Bull slacking that last half of the year. It was straight up that, I mean, flat out, Mercedes stepped up and kind of left Red Bull as a sitting duck. And we know how the championship battle ended. We know that Max was able to take the lead uh, thanks to uh, a Michael Massey grand error. You know, Michael Massey's uh, big mistake. You know, Michael Massey, uh, that finish, there's not much other words you can use to explain it. I think we all pretty much agree it wasn't how the race should have ended. So, yeah, unfortunately for that, you know, Max did become world champion. Red Bull finishes second in the World Constructors Championship. But it was an exciting battle. Red Bull really had their strongest seasons for a while, probably since Seb or maybe... Yeah, probably since Seb won the title, or maybe even since, I mean, Verstappen did finish second in, what, they finished second in 2016, or he was in the Drivers' Championship in 2016, but, um, sorry, yeah, uh, but they had one of their best seasons in a long time, so, yeah, with that being said, um, I don't know why I just said there, I just had like a stroke, but, you know, probably one of their best seasons in a long, 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 long time. Overall, like strength-wise, driver combo-wise, I don't think they've had this stability since they really had Danny, Rick, and Verstappen together. So that was good to see. But on the other hand, going into 2022, I really think, and I'm going to tell you more of this next year, but I think Red Bull's got to watch out. I think Red Bull could be in some potential danger next year. I'm not saying... I think it's going to be very difficult for them to defend their title. I, I, I feel like... I still feel like Mercedes is going to be the team to beat. And I know Max is flying high. And I, I know Checo Perez will have his second year there. But there's just something I feel about Mercedes, the way the teams run, the budget. Well, I know there's budget caps this year. But the way Mercedes, I just feel like, is going to have a good year. And I, I, I don't know what to expect from Red Bull, to be honest. I think they're going to be in the mix for sure. I mean, you know it's going to be Mercedes-Red Bull. I just, I, I'm wondering how close it's going to be. Plus, and I'm going to touch on this more next next week, but or next episode. I really think Mercedes is out for blood. There's no way they're not. Like, the way the season ended, you're telling me that Mercedes can't, like, go for the throat. I think they're going to, and I think it's going to leave Red Bull in a vulnerable position. I think, yes, it was great to see Red Bull with the victory, and, you know, Red Bull really competing, and... Red Bull getting a championship by one way or another, but I really do feel like there are some question marks. Will Checo be consistent next year? Uh, will the development go the way it's supposed to? Is Mercedes going to be at their dominant form again? I really think they will be, and I think it's going to be interesting for Red Bull. I think it's going to be tough. I do think it's going to be another close championship battle, which would be really cool. I mean, I wish we could get Max and Lewis going at it for years on end. I hope we do because, I mean, it's fun. It, it makes the season fun. 
it's enjoyable to watch. I mean, I feel bad that this year, the way it ended, it ended. Uh, there's no doubt, but in some ways it was good for the sport. And I think it brought some needed publicity, especially in a sport that's growing. But yeah, so that's my thoughts on Red Bull for this year. And now there's a lot to look forward to coming up. I mean, we're in February and we're basically right there. We're right near testing. We're right near, like I said at the beginning, we're right near everything else. So we're going to have enough news to cover us. So let's just wait and see what happens. For Red Bull, I do think, though, that, see, this is tough. Like, is this a make or break year for Checo Perez? Like, does Checo, what does Checo have to do to prove he stays in that seat? Like, because I think there are some drugs. I think, I mean, Red Bull still clearly values Pierre Gasly. They've kept him on Alpha Tauri for a reason. I think he's also proven his worth. But, I mean, is there room for him? Will Red Bull actually do that? Is, you know, it's dependent on Checo. They're, they're not going to simply dump Checo yet. So, We'll have to see, wait and see what happens. So definitely will be interesting to see. But yeah, that's just my quick thoughts on Red Bull. Some news coming up this week. And next week or next episode, we're getting into, I think I should save it for next week. Yeah, I guess I can, right? I managed to work it out so that testing is uh, right around the corner and I'll be finishing this up. So that's perfect. Yeah, so next week we'll be looking at Mercedes and then I'll kind of be getting to back to a normal format. And there'll be a lot more to talk about, especially as testing comes in and different things like that. But I'm excited. I'm excited for these livery reveals. Remember, the eighth is Red. Uh, sorry, the eighth, the ninth. Wednesday is Red Bull. Tenth is Aston Martin. Eleventh is McLaren. I think we're all really excited to. I think first of all, like Aston Martin, McLaren. I think people are really hyped just for those teams in general. Like, how could you not get hyped to see those two teams go? And then, of course, you know, Red Bull. First of all, we know what the Red Bull is going to look like. But I think we're just hyped, you know, kind of see that number one on a card. And, I mean, that's a that's a Max Verstappen move, right? Like, you would think, like, it's funny because we've been so humbled with Lewis keeping his number 44. And there's something respectful about that. You've been so humble. We're so used to seeing the world championship keep his number. And, you know, of course, Rosberg, when he won, retired. So, we didn't, I'm sure Nico would have. You don't think? Imagine Nico stayed and put number one on there, just a like a big fu to Lewis, because I could picture Nico doing that. Um, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm making Nico seem a little too cocky. But for Max, listen, there's nothing wrong with putting number one. Hey, you earned it. But I think it's going to be interesting to see that Red Bull with that livery. They are gonna, oh, they are gonna play that out this year. They already have. We saw it on the Max did that little demo with the F1 car in the snow. So. Uh, we saw them already with that number one. So they're going to play that up, and they should. You know, they're world champions. I mean, as controversial as it was, they're world champions. And so that's going to be interesting to see. That's exciting. So we'll get the Red Bull number one livery this February 9th. I'm going to have to wake up early just to see it because it always comes out, of course, when I'm, like, on my way to work. But I'm really excited to see it. Really excited, you know, to see that Red Bull car in all its glory and then the Aston Martin cars and McLaren. I'm really hyped for Mercedes too. Like I you think I I'm kind of disappointed Mercedes going back to silver to be honest. I think that black car would be perfect for this year cuz they're a team that's like out for vengeance like 
I don't know. I'm just... All right, now I'm getting really sidetracked, but... I'm excited for all the liveries. That's all I'm going to say. They're all glorious. They're all exciting to see. Uh, each and every F1 car is, you know, the ultimate pinnacle of man and machine coming together. And now I've rambled on for way too long about things you guys probably don't care about. But anyway, thanks for listening. If you want to, you know, feel free to criticize me on Twitter. I don't really care. At an American F1. Hear your thoughts. I'd like to hear all these Formula One fans' opinions and you know, challenge mine because I'm sure mine are stupid sometimes. But hey, listen, we're not all perfect. And uh, I think at some days we should just agree that we're all big F1 fans and we like to see the sport succeed. So thanks for listening and I'll talk to you guys next episode.